0: sounds manly.
1: Yeah, and it's a black car. It's, you know, it's a tough looking car, so I guess Diego is super. Diego
0: fits. We don't want to call it <laughs> Dora, so this is Diego.
1: Though Raya still does.
0: She does. It anyway, does. the kids are not with us. Where are we at?
1: Uh, we are currently in Texas on or, our way to Oklahoma. This is
0: it. State number 10. 10. State number 10 in the uh, Trail of Fire Tour um, is Oklahoma, which is where we have been at this week, but we have been um... Driving into Oklahoma from Texas, and the reason is, is because Jenna's mom, Edna, lives. Hi, mom. Yes, lives just uh, um, about an hour. About an hour from. Well, it's not, actually it's less than an hour from Oklahoma, yeah. and so we've been staying, letting the kids get some nana time, and so even tonight they're getting spoiled rotten with nana, and we are on our way to Medill, Oklahoma, to be with our friends Travis and Melanie Williams. Mm-hmm and uh, New Beginnings Church, which is where we've been since Sunday. Mm -hmm. And let's see, to get you kind of up to date on what's been happening on the road, uh, last time you saw us, we had just come into Texas and we told you we're moving back to Texas for two and a half weeks We're coming to the end of that. We're getting ready to leave from here and head to New Mexico and then out west They're just uh, on the phone with a pastor from Washington State and I'm excited about what's going on I can't wait to get yeah. to the Northwest new regions new territories, but that's the future Let's talk about what's happened. And so uh, Texarkana the yeah. burn Texarkana with Jojo Dawson Wow, yeah Phenomenal group of people. You notice I, I like that word phenomenal a lot. Yes. I, I don't know if you've caught that in the roadcast those so you've been watching. I use the word phenomenal way too much. Um, <laughs> but they are—they are a phenomenal group of people, and uh, contending for a move of God. And what's been happening there at Burntex Arcana has been something really unique. Um, uh, we rolled in there and uh, was there for Friday night, and then from there uh, over to Oasis um, with Floyd Ellsworth. And uh, some dear friends uh, that have been a part of uh, just a church family since we got here to Texas in 2003. And uh, what a man! The people were walking out of the service. there saying, "Wow!" Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it was. It was really something yeah. unique. And Jenna's been saying that the services each week have been getting longer and longer and longer. It's true. Um, <laughs> I don't remember what time we left, but it was late on, on Sunday morning. Two.
1: Probably
0: two, and then yes. we added a, a Monday night um, to that, and would have added even more, but we wanted to be also with our, our home church in Texas, Heartland, on Tuesday night for their prayer meeting, and then Wednesday night with the church, and so we lo- we posted two videos from those uh, with Floyd Ellsworth. And at Heartland, I would encourage you to check those out, give you a little bit of an idea of the culture, what's happening there. And then we roll from there to Clute, Texas, Lake Jackson, Texas, which is right next to Houston, right there on the coast, with our dear friends, uh, Aaron and Rose Timberlake. And we didn't leave church there until what time? Three. What happened, babe?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I I say that all the time because you just, I don't know. It's just that... There's hungry people, and when hungry people encounter the Lord, they just don't want to leave His presence, you know? And so I don't think you can argue with that.
0: There was a young man that was there. His name was Chris, and Chris recently saved.
1: Like two months or something like that.
0: well, maybe even shorter than that. Maybe. Um, And um, he wasn't going to come to church that Sunday, but his cousin— Rose, the, the pastor's wife, there at the church, she calls him up and doesn't give him much of a choice. She says, I'm coming to get you. <laughs> and um, brings him to church. And just the power of God just broke out in service. I mean, the, it, it's hard to describe. Um, it, it's literally the, the church just got invaded in, in the right way with the presence of the Lord. And there's a point in time that I looked at Chris, who's sitting there, you know, in the second row, who looks just like he you know got a huge question mark on his face like what is going on <laughs> and I look at him and I said do you know what's going on and he's just like no <laughs> and he, he was weirded out um not that it was weird it no, was just it was a different
1: environment it was just for a him different environment
0: in. it wasn't church yeah and we'll talk about that in a second it just wasn't church it was what church is supposed to be it was alive with his presence and that's what that's what we need back in church is just the presence of God and um he got powerfully touched that morning. And he comes up near the end of the service and he, he takes the microphone and he says, I don't know if anyone else saw this or not. He says, But as I was looking up to the front of the stage, they had a cross sitting on the front of the stage. He said, That cross was glowing red. White. White. That cross was glowing white. He says, I'm not joking. And he's got tears going down his eyes. And he says, And you know me, I. I'm not a weeper. I don't cry. He says, but I'm just, I'm, I'm weeping here. And I put my hand on him again to prophesy over him and said Chris, he said, quit defining yourself by the things that you were because everything is brand new. He, he wrote me a message just uh, a, a day later that told me, he said, when you asked me that question, do you have a clue what's going on? He said, I didn't. He said, but the moment you asked me that question, something awakened on the inside of me. And I said, I don't have a clue what's going on, but I want it. Yeah. I want it. You remember, babe, when, that, 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 when we went to Brownsville yeah. in the revival in 1996, mm-hmm. I had no clue what was going on. Not a clue. But I wanted it.
1: Yeah. And we, we walked in the same way. We You know, we've grown up in church, had seen God move powerfully in you know, all growing up, we walk into this environment. It's a different environment yeah. when you walk in and, and honestly weirded out, Right. you know, because it's like there was such freedom in the house and such a joy and a love for the Lord. Um, that was just, it was refreshing. Right. And, and I re- I remember being there and thinking, um, you know, I'm going to be the one that's not, I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to sit. I don't need to answer. I've, I've been in church my whole life. There's no reason for me to answer an altar call to get saved or anything like that. But there was just something that tugged on me. Yeah. And I, I responded yeah. And because I responded to what the Lord and the Holy Spirit was doing inside of me. It, it truly awakened me. And I remember a couple of years later, I think I was talking to my dad and, and we were talking, I don't know how we were talking about revival or something. And I said, dad, it's like, there was just an, I, like I woke up
0: Yeah.
1: I just woke up and it was, everything was new and it was, it was life. It was life. So,
0: yeah, I get it. I'll never forget that moment of stepping in and realizing that there's more. Mm -hmm. There's more. If you haven't seen the video that we posted of, uh, from Brownsville at Pensacola, it's on the site, trolloffire.org. You can actually go in there and you can see the video that we posted from right there at Brownsville Assembly of God. Um, and that's the call. There's more. That was the prayer during the revival. There's more. Yeah. And the church needs to awaken to the reality that there's more. There's more than what we've been settling for. Yeah. There's more than your Sunday morning program. Church yeah. is more than... It, it, listen, church is not an hour and a half on Sunday morning. No. And that's for the super spiritual. It's not 55 minutes on a Sunday morning. It's not three songs picked out by a hipster in skinny jeans. You know, it's, it's not pretty little pristine messages that have been perfected throughout the week, you know, and and packaged with illustrations and, and, and just performed there on a stage. Church is not a place, it's a people, and it's time that we begin to awaken to the reality that when there's more and we have settled for less and we need to come to the place that says, I'm done with the show and I'm done with the status quo. I just want Him. And we've been seeing that happen week after week. It's almost as if it's different. You know, what I've been used to seeing in in revival and and what we've seen in in ministering in churches is people getting rocked by the power of God. But it's, in fact, we were with uh, Kathy and Sean Duffy just a few nights ago, and Sean, he's a prophet, and he sits, you know, over a a part of our ministry as, as a prophet into our ministry. And he said this, he said, Daniel, he said, the Lord is wanting his kibode yeah. to come back into the house, the weightiness of his presence. And I told him, I said, Sean, that's what's been happening in it the is. services is the weightiness, the abode of God is beginning to settle inside of the room and it's happening in the most spectacular ways.
1: Yeah, yeah, it
0: you is, know. it is. Um, we, um, when we rolled up into Oklahoma, we came to Okmulgee, and I honestly, I was surprised and for my friends there in Okmulgee at Restore Church, uh, Layla and John, you guys are awesome. Yes. Uh, they have, as a church, just embraced what we're doing and have partnered with us. And so when we came to Oklahoma, I was like, how could we not come? Yeah. But I'll be honest with you. I was expecting just like a little small rural church. And I, I literally had told Jenna, I said, listen. Um, it'll probably be 9 o'clock. We're done. Mm-hmm. Let's get there early so we can spend some time with John and Layla. And then at 9 o'clock, we're going to pull a Steve Hill. <laughs> we're going to pray for people. And just go to the door and, and drive. And we'll be home by midnight because it was a three-hour drive.
1: I told Raya we'd be home at 2.
0: Yeah, well, she was the prophet. That I night. was the right one. <laughs> four, I, was worried. I wasn't prepared. Four churches came together that yeah. night.
1: It was incredible. And not just four churches, like but four pastors. Yeah. From the surrounding community and one from even like 30 minutes away that came to be a part of that service and got really ministered to, which was really neat because um Pastor John had acknowledged them, but you, I don't
0: I was on the floor. You I were on the attention. floor.
1: You weren't paying attention, so you had no idea who the pastors were in the room. But, you know, when you were given the opportunity to begin to minister and share You specifically went over and ministered to each one of those pastors without knowing.
0: Right. Didn't have a clue who they were and began to Mm -hmm. just prophesy into their life. And very accurate. Went to the first pastor and just said, land, land, land. I just see land. And literally in my mind's eye, I could see like, you know, Texas, Oklahoma land. You get out here and it's just, you you see for miles. And I just saw land and territories. And I said, um, and then I said, are you a pastor? And he said, yes. And I said, I thought so because I felt the governmental authority on you. And uh, I said, I don't know why the Lord just keeps speaking land. Well, Layla says afterwards, he says, they are right now in the process of purchasing the land around their church. And it's not just a matter of trying to build a bigger church. They're trying to build it as an outreach to be able to go after the, the drug addicts. Because meth has, in the rural areas of the country, meth has destroyed homes and communities. That's the number one thing that I talk to the mayors and I talk to the police, what they're dealing with. They'll tell me time and time again, meth. Mm -hmm. And here's a church that's purchasing land to be able to put together some homes and basically build like some restore houses there in that place. Um, It it was just, it was unreal. It was. Um, It was. You know, just the sweetness of, of the presence. Anyway, it was eleven o'clock at night.
1: <laughs> yes, it was. Yep.
0: That we're finally headed home. <laughs> <laughs> and we
1: rolled, um, we rolled in at two a.m.
0: We rolled in at two a.m. Just like you said. I was <laughs> I, like I said, I, my expectation was blown. I literally felt it's like boy, there is there's something happening here in Okmulgee, and uh, you're using this church. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I love that it's named Restore Church. Yeah. Because that's truly their their heart and vision for the community. Because of where they're seated in the community, it's yeah. a, it's a, it's needed. And so I think it's so neat. Um, and it's not something that they came in. They didn't come in and name it that when they were yeah. pastors. They had a longer name and they just.
0: Restored. Yeah. Just, they just way. shortened he saw it. It's saw the mandate on, yeah. on the house. Yeah. And so as we were headed up to Ocmulgee, we come past, uh, one of the, the penitentiaries and you can submit, you may have seen it on Instagram and I'll put up a picture right now. Um of a sign right outside of the penitentiary that said, it's a big yellow sign, like caution warning. And it says, Hitchhikers may be escaping inmates. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought it was hilarious. So I, we had to get a picture of it and we posted it on Instagram. And um, there's a pastor in Ada, Oklahoma, who saw that picture and he said to himself they're in Oklahoma and he messaged me on Instagram and asked where we would be at because he wanted to come to one of the meetings and as we were kind of talking with one another um, I realized there was a bit more to the story and there's a reason why we're talking to each other and so I reached out to him and I asked him I said can we talk and so as we're on the phone talking to one another he begins to share with me the history and the well of revival that exists inside of his house and I'm like pastor you don't need to come see me I need to come see you (laughs) And so yesterday, I drove up to Ada, which also is the birthplace of Blake Shelton. Yeah. I don't know why I said that. I don't either. <laughs> right outside of Ada in Tishmogo. I
1: think. Is that so. right? I think so.
0: Um, I probably butchered that. Um, is Blake and where Gwen? That's where the ranch is at right um, now. Okay. And some of the people in the area they say that they'll see uh, them come into the hardware store uh, there anyway just a side note my, my prayer is that they get saved yes they need to get saved yes. they need to experience Pentecost and revival yes, yes, yes. but um, I'm on my way up to Ada beautiful drive and I get there and the pastor has laid out for me um, kind of like the history of the church and here's like the real quick of it you're gonna have to catch the story we took two videos one that I'll post uh, probably today or tomorrow and you need to take a look at it and just let that story get into you. Uh, Ada is the hometown birthplace of Oral Roberts and he was 17 years old, 163 days suffering with tuberculosis and he's on his deathbed. I mean he's he feels the life going out of him and his sister comes to him, his sister Julie, and says that she believes that he can be healed and he says the first time he considered the possibility that he wouldn't die. Wow. His brother works at the flower in Ada, and sees this tent that's erected, and goes and pops in one night, and he just witnesses these miracles taking place as people are being healed, and so he, in his mind, he says to himself, if I can get oral here, oral will get healed, and so he goes, and his brother's sick, you know, and he can't walk to the revival, so he borrows a vehicle and pays 38 cents for the gas to be able to take oral in the back seat, laid, you know, laid down, there to this revival meeting and as his brother is sharing with him the stories of the things that he's seen, Oral says that the voice begins to fade of his brother and he begins to hear the voice of the Lord who says, tonight I'm going to heal you and you're going to carry my message of healing to your generation. And so Oral comes to that meeting that night, the evangelist lays hands on him and he immediately he's healed. And Oral, this, this shapes Oral's faith. In prayer of faith, he doesn't ask God if it be your will. He doesn't pray, you know, um, Lord, maybe you might. No, he, he speaks to the infirmity, the, the evangelist, and he says, I bind you, you foul spirit, and I cast you out of this young man. And that's the way Oral began. That's the way Oral prayed. He just took that, that that very thing that happened to him, and he began to share it across the nation's in his generation. That night he was healed not only of tuberculosis but also of a severe stuttering problem and he preached his very first message. So at 17 years old, the ministry of Oral Roberts began at the church that I was at. And so I went up there and um, we weren't ministering there. You know what we did? We just got in the altar, me and the pastor, Ken, and we knelt and we prayed. It's not coincidental that last night we were releasing and praying for healing in Medill as we were there with uh, Pastor Travis and Melanie, which is where we're on our way to right now. It's been a remarkable journey, isn't it, babe?
1: It has. It it really has. And as you're talking, um, I remember, uh, you know, as we were youth pastors and had different people coming in and working alongside of us, and they would always ask us, you know, how come you guys always are ministering? You know, why don't you ever just do something different and we're like why would we
0: that's a foreign concept it it? it
1: is it's a completely foreign concept to us because it's who we are it comes out of that overflow and it just spills out into every area of our lives what else is there what else is there you know i mean we enjoy life and we do things and we have fun all those things too but that hearing that I was like what what do you mean like I don't I didn't understand how how they didn't have that same concept you know and and coming here to Texas you know these couple of weeks we thought we would be able to to kind of rest rest (laughs) and relax you know and you know we've been to like I don't know six or seven different places and you know we haven't had a chance to rest but at the same time we're rejuvenated in the fact that we get to do and and what we do and find these stories and meet people and, and be in the presence of the Lord. And it's, it really is just out of the overflow of who we are and the overflow of our lives, you know, because we just love Jesus and we want other people to encounter what we've encountered. And so what else is there? What else is there? What else is there?
0: My little girl was uh, the other night, she asked if she could, I prayed for her. She goes, "Now I pray for daddy. <laughs> as she lays her hands on me and she begins to pray that the Lord would use her daddy yeah. to speak life to people so that no one would have to go to hell yeah. because no one should have to go to hell yeah. she wanted to, her heartbeat was Lord, I want them to know you I want that's that's become the message in the last several weeks, you know, as, as God's really beginning to burn into our heart, um, what I believe is is a mandate and what I believe is what he's doing in these last days. He said, in the last days, I'm sending the spirit of Elijah to turn the hearts of the children back to the father and the father to the children. Um, my friend, you and I don't have to wonder, is it is it God's will to send revival? It is his will. It is. Always his will. You know, this idea that, well, God's going to move when God's ready to move. My friend, God is moving. Well, God will send the rains when he's ready to send the rain. He's not sending these. He's waiting for you, my friend, at a well. He said, I will plant you like a tree by the river. Will go deep into the water. He said, Ask of me, and I'll give you a drink, and it'll become a spring of life, welling up to eternal life on the inside of you. It is not his desire that you and I would know drought. It's not his desire that you and I would know a time where we're away from him. He is in these days sending the spirit of Elijah to awaken his bride, to awaken the sons and the daughters, to come back to a walk and a relationship with him. Yeah. And that's the message that, that I hear him beginning to just hit over and over and over again. Um, it's beginning to resound like a drumbeat. I I'm I'm literally beginning to become so infuriated with what religion has done to us as a church. And when I say a church, I'm speaking to the people, not the corporation, not the building, not the program. Most of what we identify as church is not church. If it ceased to exist um, this week... In your city, most cities wouldn't recognize that there was even a difference because the church, as a little c church, as a corporation, was not making a difference. It was just a religious show week after week after week after week. And religion has held its bride captive. And I hear him saying, I'm I'm coming, I'm sending the spirit of Elijah to awaken that remnant. Just like he said to Elijah, there are thousands that have not bowed their knee to Baal. And I hear him saying that I'm awakening that remnant. It's time for that remnant to arise or to revolt. It's time for my bride to break out. She is tired of being relegated to the pews in a church and the highest expectation on her to be, show up week after week, put in perfect attendance, and give in the ties and volunteer inside of the house. No, she was made for more. She wants to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. She wants prophesy, not inside the four walls of the church, but she wants to speak to her family and her co-workers. She wants to see the glory of God descend. She wants to live in a place to where you don't experience His presence when you happen to come to a special service, but she lives in that place. Yeah. And I hear Him saying, it's time for my bride to break out, but religion has held her bound captive. We are This is this is huge because I promise you her adrenaline is rushing right now <laughs> and her heart is beating on the inside as she's revving up that engine and she is passing that vehicle right. I did it. You did it. <laughs> did we just come into Oklahoma? Before, I've never been to Arizona before. I've been to California. I've ministered there a couple times, but uh, not to establish roots yet. Yeah. You know, and then from there to Hawaii, yes, Hawaii. You get jealous. <laughs> um, Oregon and Washington. Today, I'm was on the phone with a pastor from Washington, and he told me, he said, Daniel, when you get here, he said, you're not going to have to contend with religion. He said you're not gonna have that. That's he said you're not gonna it's a, you're gonna have to contend with something else. He said you're you're going to be in a foreign, and I told him I said, that's exactly what we feel that we're being raised up into a foreign field, but our heart is burning to see something awaken nationally. And the Lord's, I believe, beginning to birth a strategy in what he's called us to do to be able to awaken the bride. And we're just getting started.
1: We really are.
0: We're just getting started. <laughs> yeah. and so I, I really do feel that. That it's it's time. That you and I I think there's a reason why we are connecting this way. There's there's a reason why something about the trail of fire has has That's grabbed nice. hold of you and you've chosen to even like to tune into these ridiculous broadcasts <laughs> where we speak for half an hour. You know? Yeah. It's because there's something that burns on the inside of us for more. Yeah.
1: And and here here's the thing too, as you were just talking about the bride wanting to break out and not being relegated to the seats is that for far too long, the church has thought it's just the job of the pastor and the, and the pastors to do the work of the ministry. And that's not true. I remember in Bible school, they would always say, you know, full-time ministers, raise your hand. And just those that were quote unquote in ministry would raise their hands. And they're like, no, everybody raises your hand because every single one of us are called to the work of the ministry because God has equipped every single person with a unique set of talents and gifts to be able to reach those that He's called them to and not just, and you've said this before, the multitudes that are inside of each person yeah. to be able to reach. And for far too long, that perspective hasn't been taught, it hasn't been welcomed or you know, no. whatever. But that those blinders need to be removed off of the church so that everybody can see, everybody has a part to play. And it's integral to what God is wanting to do because it's not just the job of the pastor or an evangelist or a teacher or um, a prophet or an apostle or, or anything like that because there are so many gifts that God has given and that are available that we just don't take hold of.
0: No. And because we put the bride in the seat, and we just continually entertain her. Yeah. And, you know, week after week, yeah. entertain her and encourage her. But we're not equipping her and we're not releasing her.
1: Yeah. And there's an unsettling that's beginning to take place across the nation. Oh, I see it.
0: And there's people that are in the They're saying, abuse. I'm done. Yeah. They're saying, I'm done. And here's the deal it's not enough. No, and boy, we don't have yeah. enough time to break into this, but i will sh- we'll talk about this in the next roadcast they're breaking out and the religious rulers are falsely labeling them Jezebel's or Absalons and rebellious. But the deal is, is they're just frustrated because they've got something on the inside of them. And they're like, "I, I, I was meant to do more. And the more that I was meant to do isn't just confined inside the four walls of building one man's ministry, but it's about building the kingdom.
1: What we've been able to see in the in the churches that we've been able to partner with so far is that they are all about equipping the church yeah. to reach the community, to reach their region, to to do what God has placed in each one of their hearts to do, and equipping them um, to do so, and seeing that really resonate and take place um, in the places that we've been a part of. Yeah. So that's awesome.
0: And let me balance everything we just said as we, as we close out the, the roadcast. Believe it or not, it's been half an hour. Well, um, with this statement, and this comes from the conversation I just had with the pastor in Washington, he said to me, he said, Daniel, he said, we, we go after, he said, we, we're, we're vicious towards religion. He says, "We'll, we'll slaughter it. He says, but we love, we love his church because we recognize that everybody needs a home. If you're homeless, then you're already defeated. If you're homeless, you're already defeated. And people have been finding churches, but they haven't been finding a home. And one thing that we have certainly seen a commonality in the churches that God's putting his finger on in this year is that they have learned to foster an environment of home and family to where people really feel like that's why the cabod can settle. Yeah. So I pray for you, my friend. That not just the Shekinah glory of the Lord, which is that presence that comes and, and we feel and, we're, and many times we stop it. I pray that the abode of God, the weightiness of the Lord would begin to settle upon you. I pray that it would rest upon your home like the house of Obed-Edom that was blessed and prospered. I pray that everything in your home would begin to prosper because you have made your home a dwelling place for the abode of the Lord. Yes. And I pray that you would carry that into your corporate environment and there inside of the church that he would begin to rest yes. and would transform everything because it's time that his bride breaks out and awakens. Yes. Amen. Can't believe it's been half an hour goes fast as you know the rules of the roadcast we turn on the camera we turn on the microphone and it goes for half an hour and we don't stop yep. we didn't have to stop for potty breaks nope. <laughs> or screaming children on this one because they're not with us they're with nana but um i can't wait to the next time we get to, to share with you um i'm looking at a tractor a tractor plowing <laughs> open the field he's getting yep. ready to sow seed and plant in the fields that's what we're doing That's what we are doing, not us. That's what we are doing. So thank you for joining along on the journey, TrelloFire.org. And then on Facebook, there's so many things that are always happening. We're trying our best to keep you posted on what's taking place and to share our life with you. And so, we love you.